0: It's time to LOL. Listen out loud, that is. It's time for Anime Jam Session with DJ Ronma S, Mako-chan, and Ari Rockefeller.
1: Hey, everyone. Welcome to Anime Jam Session, episode number 312. We are that podcast. Talks about anime, games, conventions, the fandom, geek stuff, and everything in between. I'm DJ Ron Mess.
2: I'm Ari Rockefeller.
1: And I am Makochan. And it looks like I might have to re- redo the Skype computer yet again.
0: Mm. Yeah.
1: Shitting it. all over you. Not really. Um, it was some type. Of, I was. I saw some type of error issue with it. So, like, couple. Like, think about a month ago, I wiped it clean and did a fresh install. But it looks like it did. It just kind of went to recovery mode and and just started from scratch. Cause I found old files floating about. So I have the recovery image. So I'm probably going to go in reboot it and wipe and just start from scratch. Cause all I need on here is that office and some music a- applications and that's it. Cause it took me like three tries to log in before it would get me to the desktop. So I know something's up. It's being a little fun, little funky, but eh. I don't use it enough where it's like it's dying or anything like that, so thank God for that. Oh man. Um let's see now. We are live week of May 30th, 2017, here on the VOG Network. We are here live Tuesday at 9 30 p.m. Eastern with replay Thursdays at 2 p.m. Eastern. Check out our interactive chat room at live.vognetwork.com. Chat clients such as Merck, XChat. Chatzilla can use irc.gameserge.net. The chat room is vog v-o-g, or you can head on over to session.com slash vognetwork, and if you head over there, there is an IRC link that tells you about the information to get into the chat room, so if you click on that, you have a default IRC chat client, it'll bring you right in. And check-ins are live, so go ahead and check in and earn some VOG points. If you're listening on the podcast feed, there will be a passphrase somewhere in the episode. When you hear it, head on over to AnimeJamSession.com, put in that passphrase, and earn some awesome VOG points. And Skype just updated on the Skype computer. Um, I'm probably going to let it be, because it's like, I don't don't like it, but eh, it is what it is. Alright, let's go ahead and kick things off uh, can we pull this up real quick duh, 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 Ari how was your week how was your day
2: uh well let's see I uh, <clears throat> I got paid actually I got paid on Saturday afternoon because <clears throat> Monday was a holiday and it throws off the uh, payday schedule at Ka- work
1: Kaching.
2: well not really like I had to send most of it off to cover my rent for this month mm-hmm which means I'm pretty much, you know, struggling to uh, <clears throat> figure out how I'm gonna spend the rest of my money and how I'm gonna pay for Anime next room, you know, that sort of thing.
1: You got this, don't worry about it, man.
2: I mean, I don't really have anything I can hawk or sell that's of any real value. So, you know, it's just, you know, the whole paycheck to paycheck thing, which I hate. and. I've been trying to look into getting at least a second job somewhere. There is a mm-hmm. Royal Farms that's opening. Well, a couple of Royal Farms that are opening in Jersey. One's like five minute walk from where I live. That's not bad. Except that on. <clears throat> pardon me. Except that on their website, there is no place to actually apply for it. Like, select a state and it's, you know, Delaware, Maryland, Pennsylvania, no, nothing for New Jersey.
1: Well, it might not be registered in the system yet. I would say go, put it under Pennsylvania. I mean Delaware. See if, if it comes up or something like that. I don't
2: know. Uh, there was a section to um, like, it, enter your zip code, and I put in my zip code. Like, sorry, there's nothing within you know however the hell many miles of that zip code.
1: Is it fully built and ready to go, or?
2: Uh, it's an empty lot that used to be a. A walgreens Walgreens, just as size as Royal Farms, coming soon. Oh,
1: then, it's going to be a while. At least two... It's going to be at least maybe two, three months before you see some type of construction where you're starting to take applications, you know?
2: Yeah, but there's a sign that says apply online, so that's what I was going by.
1: Okay. Well, I as I always say, keep trying, you know.
2: Yeah, that's what I'm going to have to do. And just keep, you know, plugging away at their, their automated... Fu- their, uh call system until I actually get someone physical to talk to.
1: Gotcha, gotcha.
2: But other than that, I'm just, you know, pretty fucking burned out. It's, you know, hard to concentrate on anything.
1: I know that feel. Trust me.
2: I mean, we hung, I hung out with some friends of mine on Saturday because we, we had gotten their pool open and it was all nice and clear. And okay. None of us were swimming because it was too cold. But because, like I said, because there was a problem with the cover, like, sometime during the winter, the water was all brown, and there was mosquito larva wiggling around in it. that's not good. Yeah, but two or three days of repeated shock and finally getting the filter up running, and hey, it was back to being clear and blue again.
1: Well, that's good.
2: But, like I said, barely wondering how I'm going to, uh, I'm wondering how I'm gonna, you know, fucking make it. It's just really stressful.
1: I wouldn't worry about it, dude. You got this.
2: I try not to, but, you know.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So, yeah, that's uh, that's all shit's been for me. Sorry to kill the mood already.
1: Don't worry about it. Makochan, how was your week? How was your day? Um, work, 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 Burrowcon work, work, work. You don't say.
3: Yeah, um, basically all of last week was getting ready for this past weekend, and now I've got a little bit of a break before I have to get ready for Anime Next, and I'm going, okay, let me make a list now of all the shit that has to be done before that time, because I'm not going to have a lot of time. Mm. So yeah, uh, it's a little bit crazy, Uh, I'm supposed to have tomorrow off, but that's changed now to Thursday, Uh, so Thursday I get to go crazy trying to do a bunch of shit on my day off. So that'll be fun.
1: Fun and chaotic, gotta love it.
3: Oh very chaotic. I have to go and finally get my oil changed and then find out why my check engine light keeps popping on. So we'll see how much uh, gets put onto my new credit card. Fun times. Mm. But yeah, that's that's basically it.
1: That's good. Well, my weekend day has been the usual work, chaos, hanging out with Mako Chan for my birthday, and going to BoroughCon, which we will be talking about later on in tonight's broadcast. Um, Other than that, that's basically is it. You know, just... it's It's been a slow week because of the holiday. Oh, and... I lost my freaking... Kitchen tongs, so I had to go out and buy another pair. I'm sitting, I'm like fixing something earlier, you know, cooking up dip, like a couple of pieces of a, a pork loin, you know. I figured, you know, cook it now and have it for tomorrow. I'm like, where the hell did this go? Where the hell did this? So I end up having to use a fork to flip everything, and go out and buy another one. That makes absolutely no sense, if you ask me. I and mean, currently, right now, for some odd reason. Skype is acting kind of odd on the Skype computer. It's currently trying to log into my personal account, and it should be logging into the podcast account. So I'm hoping to fix this, and if I have to do a permanent downgrade until it forces me to upgrade. Lovely. But, yeah. That's been my week. Huh. Usually around this time, it's oh, it always gets kind of slow, doesn't it? A little bit. Mm. And you know, what? and I still can't find D USA around here.
3: So it's a good idea. It's a good thing I brought you a case.
1: Yes, yes, it is. And okay, for some reason, I think I just told it to log out, and it's now got me over to the podcast uh, Skype account. So it looks like everything is is good for right now. I should just tell it to not automatically upgrade so I don't have to worry about this shit. So, yeah. All right. So, we're going to go ahead and take our first break and when we get back we're going to talk about Burrowcon and we'll tell you about some of the other uh, some a couple of other interesting stories from that we've come across and all that good stuff. So, let me set the settings here. All right. Good. Um, yeah. So, um We will be back. I have to say, that track was a little deep, don't you think?
2: Yeah, just a little.
1: Just a scotch. A bit. Yeah. Alright, so... mm. So, now me and Mako, we're going to talk about Borokon. It's a quote-unquote new convention but it's not new in general from what I have been told this is their fourth year let's say traveling convention of sorts and this is their first year here in New York City we didn't go all four days but I did two and a half days Mako did two days so it was interesting to say the least wouldn't you agree uh, yeah, interesting works. Yeah, um, now, I had planned to get up there Friday about 12, 1 o'clock, and I figured it'd be an ample amount of people going up there, so I can get some great pictures and some cosplay photos and so forth. I didn't get up there until about 4 p.m., and it was, like, dead, and I'm talking not day zero con of a convention it's like the day before day zero it it's like why would you come an extra day early you know uh. so they were there were vendors still setting up in the dealers hall which I kind of get but I'm thinking you know if that's if Friday is day one you should be set up already ready to go you know but uh. and it was set up where you walked over, there was the booth for your tickets. It was, you know, basically ticket area. Then you walked down the road, and you had the little theater where they had a lot of the big events and panels, which is cool. Then you walked over to to the gymnasium, which, if you kind of notice a thing where a lot of college-based anime conventions, their gym is usually the dealer's hall.
2: Yeah, that usually happens. It's, the, it's big enough to... Hold the dealers and the artists. This seems like the best place to put them all.
1: hmm I, yeah, I get that. Um, and then if you left and you walk up the road, there is another center where you can go. On floors two, three, two and three were panel rooms, and the fourth floor was the game room. And outside in front of the one of the halls was an outside area set up for concerts and performances, which was pretty nice. I spotted, I think it was Saturday. Was it Saturday? Um, one of those days, Friday, I spotted some taiko drumming, and I recorded some of that. But, Sweet. Yeah. I just found myself doing a lot of walking because it... The dealer's room wasn't as diverse per se I was about to call it popcon because almost every single booth had pop figures Which I get it's very popular, but I mean if there are five booths selling pops I mean Somebody's got to be a little bit cheaper than the other No, they're all regular price or inflated prices if it's an out-of-print pop which I get and of course you had the one booth selling bootleg such as a one punch. Punch spelled with a G. One Punch Man keychains. So, so,
2: so they were bootlegged.
1: Yeah. You gotta understand, a lot of conventions will crack down on bootleggers. Now, if the con is more of a Gen Con slash Comic Con, you will find bootlegs up the wazoo. Because it, it's money. They're, they're not going to check. I mean, hell, one year at New York Comic Con, I'm walking past a booth. They had, like, all the sopranos on dvd for like 20 bucks and these were just either these were dvd copies or just dvd rips another booth was selling like cd's and dvd's full of game and arcade roms with the emulator for 5 to 10 dollars a pop <laughs> so yeah i did spend a lot of time up in the um game room and shockingly enough it was clean, as in, a smell clean. So, no con funk? Exactly. So, I did get a chance to play Guilty Gear uh, XRD, which was pretty fun. And and when I walked in, it was like every other table was running a variant of Smash Bros. Hell, there was an N64 with the original Super Smash Bros. playing.
2: Was there a Project M?
1: No, I didn't see... Nope, nothing like that. All original copies. <laughs> Can you briefly explain the issue with Project M?
2: Basically, it's a hack of Super Smash Brothers Brawl that turns the game into Super Smash Brothers Melee. Ah. It's like you know, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, Bra- yep. Yeah, Brawl has its issues, but Melee isn't exactly perfect. But you know, it's just a gigantic pain in the ass to mm-hmm. sit through. Ugh, pardon me so, anyway, uh, go on.
1: Alright, so, I left the gaming room and went downstairs, you know, to walk around and take some more pictures, and I couldn't run into the person that I was going to do it, you know, so I could speak to for interviews, but that's a story for slightly for a different time. Um. So, it was like kind of getting a little bit quiet down and stuff like that, and... I figured, you know, I would go back up to the game room because looks like, according to the way the schedule was, it was everything was dying down about by like nine-ish. No, they shut the game room early, so I'm like, wow. So I just said, screw it. Uh, I left the college and I just sat outside, um, waiting for Mako to pick me up
3: because I was running
1: late. Mhm. Right, and that was basically my Friday. It was just quiet. I, there would have to be at least 20 something people there at least. So, yeah. All right. Uh, let me let me do something in the background real quick. Uh, Marco, you want to tell them about Saturday?
3: Uh sure. So, um damn, what the fuck did we do Saturday?
1: <laughs> oh wow.
3: Uh Seriously, it's... After the events on Sunday, uh, Saturday became kind of a blur. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, So let me see. Um, Let me open up the freaking schedule thing.
1: Yeah, And one thing I give them props for, they had an app. It wasn't the most effective app in the world, but they had one.
3: Uh, yeah, when they actually, um, had it updated correctly.
1: Mm. They weren't
2: using Guidebook? It was their own, you know, personal app?
1: It w- I would say it's a third-party app, because because the price that <laughs> Guidebook charges, there are other companies coming up, you know, that are doing their own. Like, Sketch has their own. Um, I don't know who runs the one for Anime Matsuri. I Oh, that is Sketch. That's their own. And sometimes you'll find it as the name of the, uh, the con as the app in the app stores.
3: Yeah, so we ended up getting there on Saturday a little bit later than we wanted to, Mm -hmm. uh, mainly because that driving traffic was a bitch. Uh, Ended up walking around a little bit, did a a small little tour of what was there for the dealer's hall. Uh, Saw basically the uh, little bit of a layout, went to one panel that was for posing that I guess somebody was uh, a little bit more interested in their photography than in the posing. Mm -hmm. So you had one talking about their photography and the other actually talking about the posing, which uh, should have just been posing anyway. Uh, From there went to the women in voice acting panel. And, uh... Basically, uh... I feel sorry for Sarah Nottachani. Yeah. Who is the voice of S- A- S- Ash Ketchum. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, well, she was there, but she was the only one that, uh... I guess because the other three ladies in the panel knew each other and were friends, she was kind of on the outskirts of their talking.
2: Uh, So she was the odd one out.
3: Yeah, I mean, the whole weekend when all of these people got together, she's like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm Ash. And everybody else is like, oh, yeah, well, I've done this and this and this and this and this. And it's all more American cartoon or, you know, adults centric anime uh so she was basically um very quiet and had to kind of fight to be heard but the woman in voice acting was sarah um gray delise who i was excited to see because that is my mandy from the grim adventures of billy and mandy Real. yeah um Mary that's, McGlynn. That's
2: the name for Great Lyle, right?
3: Yeah. Yeah.
2: I remember her. As her I always think of her as Azula.
3: Yeah, she's got like three or four different last names depending on when she did the voice acting and who she was married to at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, Mary McGlynn, who uh, everybody knows as the Major. Yep. And Chris Summer, who is the voice of everybody's childhood.
1: Yes. And if you know, if you're part of my generation, you know her from a different world.
3: Yes, but she was voice acting before that. She was voice uh-huh. acting when she was 11.
1: Because
3: mm. she is uh, Penny from Inspector Gadget.
1: And see, I didn't even know that until recently.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, she started, yeah she's been Penny for basically since forever. She was uh, the first one. So, uh, yeah, basically, uh, the four of them had a very interesting conversation. Um, I include Sarah in that because she was trying to inject herself in where she could. But, again, you have uh, three ladies who have basically been working together for years and years and years. So it's kind of difficult to uh, get in that conversation. But that panel was really fun. Uh, spoke about basically the uh, what they have been doing and all of that. So that was kind of fun. Um, from there, we ended up going and walking around a little bit more. Uh, think we visited the game room for a little while. Mm-hmm. And uh, then got ready for the cosplay contest. Um, Strictly cosplay, no masquerade. It was all walk-ons. They had it scheduled between 7.30 and 9. And by 8 o'clock, everybody was leaving. So that tells you just how quickly and how few people had actually entered. But, uh...
2: You could say it's a monument to their efficiency.
3: No, there were just... I I think tops there were maybe 15 people. Huh. But the... costumes were... really, really good. Um... I very much enjoyed them. And I very much enjoyed how quickly it was. Because I hate sitting for long masquerades. Same.
1: Same. I'm still I still kinda cringe from hearing that horror story that Anime North had a masquerade going for six hours.
3: Yeah, that's, that's six
1: hours? Yeah.
3: Yeah. That's utterly ridiculous. Um yeah, and that was that was basically Saturday.
1: Oh yeah, one thing I forgot to mention about Friday. Um I went into this panel about I think about cosplay one oh one, which turned into cosplay one oh one and cosplay and social media, which is a vari- which is it started as like six of us just just talking about cosplay in general, parts, you know how you know making stuff, commissions and stuff like that. You know that was pretty cool. That's why I think I spent like a good hour. So, but on Saturday, the pose like Mako-chan mentioned earlier, the posing panel, which turned into this one photographer going more off the rails about you know proper photography and lighting and so forth, and what did she say that kind of really grinded my gears? Oh right, she said something. She said something along the lines of you know about how your cosplay needs to fit you, because she she gave an example of how uh, one cosplay shoot that she did, and she said the cosplayer's outfit was too big for her, and she had trouble getting good shots. And I'm thinking in the back of my mind, well maybe that's a you problem, because my thing is maybe. Maybe in the source material, the costume, the supposed to look bigger. Maybe the cosplayer lost weight. We don't know. That's not our call. That's not our play. So you know that that's it, and that's that.
3: My issue with that was she said the cosplay was too big, and that she had difficulty getting a good, you know, a good pose out of it. And then, not five minutes later, was saying that if your if your photographer doesn't give you direction. Um, or try to give you direction and try and help you with your poses that they're not really a good photographer. So, which is it? Either she's not really a good photographer because she didn't give input to this cosplayer and couldn't get a good photo. Or, you know, what? what?
1: Exactly. But on the plus I jump ahead, I did, on Sunday, I did run into the second person that was running the panel. And I told her how I felt. She had already went after that, not went after, but to discuss it with her co-panelists about going off details like that, which I appreciated. Now, back to Saturday. Um, after that, I did run into a couple of people and we talked. And I decided to go hit up a photographer's panel, you know, a panel about photography and so forth. Nobody was there. Like, at all? It was an empty house? Correct. Now, here's the interesting thing. Now, in the, in the panel, in the guidebook, or in this case, the app with the schedule, the room, they said the panels on the second floor were in room 209. And I go over, and I notice there's a sign that says Cosplay Panels, room 212. So I'm like, okay, fine. So the next day, which you say I go back, I see that the door's already closed. So, I le- I'm like, it's locked. So, I'm like, okay. I walk back around, find the other room where the panel is supposed to be, and nobody was there. There was really a lack of signage all over the place.
3: Yeah, I, I have to say that I, I get it. You know, it's still technically a first-year convention, but mm-hmm. at the same time, it's not a first-year convention.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, the main people working it, should know what needs to be done and what not needs to be done. So they've got nice printed signs that have the uh, the convention logo on them to show, you know, where that is. But every other sign is basically cardboard and marker. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, what? So you could pay to have, you know, your name really nice, but anything that says, you know, where you need to go is just done really quick and shitty with marker. mm uh-huh. I mean, that just is, yeah.
1: Now, like I said, the masquerade, it was nice. It was, it was straightforward. They had some music playing. You walked out, showed off your cosplay, and that was it. And the judges knocked it out, the, uh, the judging, within 10, 15 minutes. The judges were Monica Lee, Riddle, and this this other cosplayer. I cannot remember his name to save my own life. But they were your judges. And mikomi Chan, well, local popular cosplayer, was the MC of the event. Um, and then after that, I what did we do? We kind of walked around for a bit and then we left. Uh, yeah. I mean, once
3: the uh, cosplay contest was over, that was basically. It for the convention. Yeah. They were just starting to pack everything up. The only thing open at that point was the dealer's hall, so we basically left at that.
1: Mm-hmm. We did leave, met up with a friend of ours, and got pizza and came back, though.
3: Yeah, no, yeah, was that was during the day. Yeah. Get lunch, mm-hmm. al- or a late lunch, I should mm-hmm.
1: say. Yeah. And then let's roll around to Sunday. Sunday, 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 Sunday.
3: Sunday was amazing. I oh, got to fangirl yes. so badly, and it was great.
1: Do you feel, do you feel ba- happy about yourself? Do you feel good?
3: I, I basically um, I went there wanting a picture of myself dressed as Mandy with Grey, mm-hmm. which I got on, on Saturday. Yep. And I left with two extra pictures and being able to have a conversation about, you know, amazing things with an amazing person.
1: You want to go into details about who the amazing person was?
3: Yeah, but let's get to that.
1: Okay. So yeah, because I'm trying, I'm trying to pull up a clip that's going, that's going to play well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. So one of the things that we did was we went to a voice actor Q and A because. It was something cool. Here's one thing about the voice actor q and you get to hear like real inside stories between various voice actors, stories about what it's like being a voice actor, student, like working in the booth and so forth. Because Mary McGlynn is now, and like I believe, I believe it's Steve Bloom, they're also doing direct their directors as well.
3: Uh, Steve uh, Steve Bloom is still doing mostly voices. Mary is doing mostly directing and uh, that kind of booth work now.
1: Okay, all right. Um, so you know, there was people asking various questions. And now I'm just standing there, like you know, taking pictures, trying you know to get some good shots, you know, because the lighting there was a little. Was well, little no,
3: we oh. have to we have to start where this is starting from. Okay, all right. In the women's, in the women of voice acting panel on Mm -hmm. Saturday, Mm -hmm. um, there was a conversation about where the ladies originally came from. Uh, Mary is a Jersey girl. And, you know, basically said, you know, yeah, I'm from Jersey and was asking if anybody else was from Jersey, that kind of thing. That got Ronma started. Yep. On what it would be like. And what it would sound like if the major had a Jersey accent.
2: Hold on. Oh my God.
3: So during the voice actor panel, Mm -hmm. he went ahead and asked her that.
1: Yes. Yes, I did. Uh, How did she react? (laughs)
3: <laughs> um, amazingly, and Ronma just has to get the clip ready.
1: Yeah, for some reason the yeah, the program I'm using is, is sending it out through the wrong output, so I'm trying to I'm trying to set up set up this way, set as default device. Or right, I'm going to send it through this application and see if it will play, which it should, if it'll actually you know go through. All right, whatever. Whatever, come on, come on, come on, come on. Alright, here we go. I told if you give that frickin'
0: touch of coma any more of that frickin' organic oil, I'm gonna come over there and slap him in your loneliness. Parabéns, <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: And for that, I was called a magnificent bastard.
2: <laughs> Bada boom, real cyborg in the room.
1: <laughs> How you doing? Yeah,
3: so um, after that panel, mm-hmm. um, we got to actually speak with her. And I said, you know, I've been thinking about this since yesterday when he stated this to me. I said, and I would love to see a ghost in the shell. Meets Hawaii Five O in a chips kind of thing at the Jersey Shore, <laughs> and she said that's an amazing idea.
1: And now the theme for chips is running through my head. I mean, just
3: just think that everybody yeah. from Section Nine at the Jersey Shore. <laughs> with a serious kind of Hawaii 50 kind of do feel to it. They all have
2: deglo orange tans. Of course they do. Of course. So okay, you so got it's you... taking place in Seaside Heights then.
3: Yeah. <laughs> so I mean you've got the you know the serious kind of es- espionage and bullshit that you get from Hawaii 50 with chips humor. Because you have to have kind of a chips baywatch humor. At the Jersey Shore.
1: Well, I'll say this. Since I am a fan of the new Hawaii Five O, that humor is actually there.
3: <laughs> oh, I know. I've watched a couple of the episodes. Mm-hmm. It's there, but I'm thinking, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, kind of over-the-top-ish, which you would get with chips. But, yeah. Um, yeah, so... Yeah. Um, so, I started out... Sunday, going to Cree Summer, um, her uh, Q&A and then after that was, uh Stephen Blum's Q&A which went into the voice actor Q&A which basically had just about every guest that was at the convention so it got very long with some of the questions but it was freaking hilarious Mm-hmm. And then after that was, uh, Jess Harnell's, uh, Q and I, and let me just say, when you look at Jess, you're basically getting that. <laughs> it's just, it's that, that's all I can really say. When you look at him and you see him and you think, what the fuck is he going to, you know, act like? That's exactly what he's going to act like. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
3: He is like the most sober rocker that you will ever meet.
1: Because yeah, he said he's never drank and he's never done drugs.
3: Yeah, never smoked, never drank, never done drugs. But he has other vices. Yeah, And, that's
1: and something- their names
3: are Bambi and Candy and... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so... Uh, Ranma was talking to him... Uh, during the regular Q&A about... uh,
0: Rock
1: Sugar.
3: Rock Sugar, which, you know, he was so excited about because Rock Sugar does not get as much love as Rock Sugar should get.
1: Exactly.
3: So once his Q&A was done, and we kind of, you know, walked out and we were going to go and walk around a little bit more, there are just about every voice actor from that panel just standing there.
1: Just chilling. They're, like, they're talking with their handlers. I guess they were making plans for food or something. Because I know Jess said he had a Broadway play to go to, you know?
3: Yeah, he's, he was going to see Charlie and the Chocolate Factory.
1: Mm.
3: Um, mainly because... And now I have to watch this god-awful remake... The Tom and Jerry go to Charlie and the Chocolate Factory movie. Yeah, I now have to watch this because what? Jess is three voices in it. Yup.
2: Hold on, what? Mm-hmm. Yes,
3: they are doing a complete remake, almost completely word for word from the original Charlie and the Chocolate Factory movie, yeah. mm-hmm. and putting Tom and
1: Jerry into yeah, it. Yeah, I posted a I, post, I posted a link Why? to I posted a link to this to mm-hmm. the, the trailer to this like weeks ago. <laughs>
3: So yeah, so he was going to see that mainly because, you know, he had just done the voicing for the movie. Um, But we were speaking with Mary about the whole uh, ghost in the shell thing. And then I went over to Jess and I said, I have to show you my favorite keychain. And he said, sure. And he's, he's extremely personal. Mm-hmm. I have to say that um, the best thing about this convention is because it was so small, yep. you really got to talk to these voice actors. Um, there was basically nobody in the lines to get autographs and all of that, and they were just there. So as long as you weren't a jackass Exactly, they were you know they had no issue with chit-chatting with you. So I had to show him my favorite keychain, and my favorite keychain is a Rock Sugar keychain. He went frickin' ballistic. He was trying to pull people to show them that I had this freaking keychain. Yup. Um, and then we had a conversation about Rock Sugar and about the new album and all of that, so that was kind of awesome. And then all of a sudden, this tall-ass black man is jumping on Jess's back...
1: I forget his name, but he's the voice of it's Cyborg. It's Terry Payton. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Okay. And, you know, if you're a voice actor fan, you'll know him as Cyborg from Teen Titans. Oh, yeah! Um, he's <laughs> Wasabi on Big Hero 6, this, the cartoon series. He's on Young Justice. He's done a shit ton of voice acting. He's also King Ezekiel. So if you watch The Walking Dead, here is King Ezekiel jumping on... A tall rocker guy's back <laughs> And it was just amazing uh-huh. um, So yeah, I mean, basically Because it was so small You got to see all these people That know each other so well Just playing with each other And chit-chatting And it was just amazing And my little fangirly heart Was all a flutter Yay Yay
1: <laughs> Now, one thing is I got lucky was to I got a chance to ask Kreese Summer a question and I asked her what was her what, not her if not her favorite one of her most memorable moments from a different world. And she told me one of her favorite moments was when she got when she met Lena Horn and she got a chance to hang out with Lena Horn. And pretty much said this the woman swears like a sailor and smokes like a chimney. <laughs> And, um, and I have to say, not a lot of people know this, but A Different World was part of the reason I decided to go to college, because I enjoyed the show, and I, you know, when you watch those TV shows where the characters go up to college, it, it kind of gives you an insight of what college life is going to be, and I watched a lot, I don't know, but with A Different World, it just felt different. It was part of my reason why I decided to go to college, so, and I told her that, and and she liked it. I thought, you know, that that was my thing, you know?
3: Yeah, and then at the Steve Blum panel, um, he got to talking about uh, a certain Megas um, XLR show. Oh,
1: I th- yeah, Ari needs to hear this. Wait, which episode was it?
3: Not an episode. He does voice, like he did a voice in it.
1: Yeah, he um, was Jamie.
3: Yeah, he got to talking about why it will never come back. Oh, no. Um, And I looked on the Wikipedia, and it is on the Wikipedia, so Mm -hmm. this is a true story, and, you know, he's not breaking any rules by telling it. Um, Basically, at the time that the show was on Cartoon Network, um, Cartoon Network wasn't doing very well. Um, So Cartoon Network said, you know, I guess, you know, to the tax people... You know, we have certain shows, we're not doing well, we need, you know, kind of a bailout kind of thing. Here, we'll give you this. And basically put into writing with the IRS that if they basically gave them this show, meaning nothing could be done with it, they can't use the characters, they can't use the name, they can never do anything with this show again, they will get a tax write-off. And that is what they did, Uh not realizing just how popular the show was becoming. So when Cartoon Network was no longer able to do anything with it um, and fans went ballistic that they did not have it, uh, Titmouse, who was the animator, tried to basically see what they could do to get it back and put it on either a different network or whatever, they're the ones that found out that Cartoon Network basically, you know, gave all rights to the show to the IRS for a tax write off. And that is why nothing can ever be done with this show. It can never come back.
1: That is depressing as fuck. I yes. know. But on the plus side, it ain't hard to get the episodes if you know where to look. Mm hmm. Oh, no, I,
3: I completely agree. I, you know, I wish there were more episodes because it was an amazing show. But, you know, at the same time, I wonder how many other shows this ended up happening to
0: mm-hmm.
3: that we never hear about because these companies don't want to talk about, but said, here, you know, if you give us a tax write off, here's this show. You can now have, you know, sole ownership of it. We can never do anything with it again. So, yeah. I thought that was interesting because it's just a very tiny blurb on the Wikipedia. And, you know, he's talking about it, and it's the first I'd actually heard about it. So, yeah, all of you people that are fans, unfortunately, it will never come to fruition.
1: Wow. I, I, I mean, I, No, and yeah. it's
3: sad. Uh-huh. It's extremely sad that... A network can basically bypass the animators and all of that and say, here.
1: Well, it's probably something in the contract where, you know, they had the the final say on what happens, you know?
3: Probably, but at the same time, it's shitty.
1: I know it is. But what can you do?
3: Not a damn thing.
1: And, you know, like you said, you know... (coughs) This could explain why certain shows we only see like one run of or two runs of, and that's and we don't hear the light of day from it again. But thankfully, with the age, with the technological age we're in, if, another, if this happens to another show, it's not hard to retrieve the episodes. Mm-hmm. Now, now I had lined up, or at least attempted to line up, some interviews, but I got one, and that'll be up on the site soon. So. Along with the masquerade. But uh, we, I got just interviewed Mikomi-chan, and it was really cool talking to her. And I think the one time, I think that Oticon that she went to, I might have pictures of her Eno cosplay. So I got to go checking the archives and be like, huh. Because she says she was the only Eno there. So I'm like, okay, definitely got to check into that.
3: But yeah, I mean, that was, that was Sunday, and basically that was, it was over by 5 o'clock. There were other things going on, but none of it, even the music guests, it's all music guests, music guests that we had heard before. Mm-hmm. So it was nothing that we had to actually stick around for, so we just ended up bailing. Which sucks, because I mean, considering almost every single big name was leaving by 5 o'clock, and the convention was going on until 9.
1: Yeah.
3: that That's, you know, kind of a crappy thing.
1: Yes. And Monday we don't know what was really going on for Monday cuz we did we decided not to go. So
3: No, I think like I I looked at Monday and there were a total of like maybe five panels the entire day. Yeah. There was very very little scheduled for Monday. Uh yeah, 1 2 Three, four, five, six. Yeah, it looks like there were six panels, seven panels, and then autograph sessions. hmm So Monday was just, it was so, so just slow. Yeah. And since, you know, neither one of us wanted to go to the autograph sessions and none of the panels really jumped out at us, we just skipped Monday. Which worked for me because I was so freaking tired of driving back and forth.
1: Yeah. Now, h- here's the thing. My, well, going into this con, I thought that this was going to be a crap con. You know, because I'm like, when well, you go to a lot of conventions, you tend to have high expectations for cons that are their first year. Because of what we're used to. And this is why sometimes when you go to a, a con and it's like on a college campus or it's in a library, it's at this location, that location, you're like, oh, this is bad. It sucks. Why the hell am I at this? Con- it's, it's garbage, you know? And that's how I felt on Friday. When Saturday, you know, after talking to a couple of people about this, I realized that I've been going to cons for so long that I had this expectation out the back when I really need to not do that. Because in reality... The fact that me and Mako were able to have, like, these quote-unquote intimate chats with voice actors in these small settings, you're not going to get that at a larger convention or a convention that's well-established, you know?
3: No, but at the same time, Saturday had definitely picked up. And you had said that Saturday picked up. And Sunday was even, you know, even better than Saturday, Mm crowd-wise. So they had a lot of competition this weekend, too. One, it was a holiday weekend. And two, there were, like, what? Three conventions? Three other popular
1: conventions right. going on this yeah. weekend? Right. Yeah, in Toronto... Not at the
2: same weekend. Yes. Not at the same location, though, no, right?
1: right? Same weekend, not location. Now, Canada and Toronto was Anime North. Uh, Atlanta was Momocon. Um, in Sac- uh, San Diego... No, San Jose was fanime Those were your three big cons that I knew of. Now, some people talk about, you know, maybe with so many conventions they shouldn't be overlapping. Well what do you think about it? You have a big con on the West Coast. Oh yeah, and you also had megacon in Florida. You had a big con it's either MegaCon or MetroCon one of those. You had a big con in Florida that weekend, a big convention in Atlanta, big convention in Toronto, and you have a big convention in New York. So it's like you had your major spots picked out, so it wasn't so bad, you know?
3: Yeah, but I think that, you know, hurt them as well. hmm Because people aren't going to go to a first-year con when, they're, when they can go to these bigger names.
1: And sometimes these smaller cons pull in the big names because of the guests that are there.
3: Yeah, I mean, that's true, too. But at the same time, you know they weren't advertising themselves as, you know, oh, hey, look at this, oh, hey, you know, look at these people. It, You know, any advertisement I saw just basically said the name of the convention.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: It didn't, you know, say who was going to be there. It didn't say where it was going to be. And not for nothing, location kind of sucked. I mean, if you you had to travel into it, There's nothing really around so that you could, you know, take mass transit and walk. Yeah. So, I mean, location for what they were trying to do was kind of crappy. Mm Mm-hmm. But, you know, at the same time, I luck out, I have a car, I can drive to it. Yeah. It's not that bad.
1: It's one thing where if you could just take the subway and then walk a couple of blocks to the location, sort of like with with, uh, Castle Point, you could take the PATH train over and walk like three, four blocks or take a bus over, or you can take the bus from Port Authority and walk two, three blocks. Either or that's kind of, that's convenient when you think about it. Or if the con was at the Javits Center where all you have to do is take the subway over to the 7th train to the last stop and walk a half a block, you know? Mm-hmm. But when you have a mixture of where you gotta take a bus and a train, then that's not so good. But when you think about it, the con was at St. John's University. Maybe for some people who live in the Queens area, all they had to do was take a bus.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But I don't know. I just think, you know, for a convention in New York City, it's got to be a little bit more feasible to get access to. Like, I understand Manhattan is perfect, but it's expensive. But I remember when they had New York Pony Con at this, I think it was a Hilton Hotel in, in near downtown Brooklyn. And it was...
3: To register participation for this week's episode of Anime Jam Session on vognetwork.com, use the passphrase, poet.
1: It's right, as soon as you got off the subway, the hotel was right there. You could take a bus, hotel, whatever. It's right there. Same thing with Springfest when they had it. As soon as you got off the bus or the train... The college was right there.
3: Yeah, and I mean the other thing is they had way too much.
1: hmm
3: I mean they were projecting twenty thousand people for a quote-unquote first year convention. It's never gonna happen. I think they had about two thousand.
1: Yeah, and, and that's that's being nice because I still say one grand to fifteen hundred, if that. I, I think so
2: they're being a little over-ambitious.
3: Well, I mean, considering just how many guests they had, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, I think nine or ten, like, big-name guests. Like, the ones that have done movies and voice acting and, you know, that are starring, like currently starring in movies kind of thing. You know, it was just way, way, way too many people for what they were doing. Mm -hmm. And then their scheduling was so completely off. I mean, the fact that um, Jess's panel ended when it should have began just because all of the guests basically were leaving. Yeah. You know, when you've got stuff like that planned for the guests, you need to take into account, you know, travel time and crap like that for them to get where they're going and where you want them to go. You can't just say, Oh, you know, we fucked up and you know, we're going to cut everything in half. Mm hmm. You know that kind of doesn't put a good spin on your brand name, but you know at the same time, just with everything else that was there, I mean, I, I know that Rama said that there was a panel that just nobody showed up to.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: I know that there was another panel that um, I was standing there and hearing people talk about and saying that nobody, like there were people waiting. ...for the person that was going to be putting on the panel... ...and they did not show up.
1: Now, here, here's something that I was kind of confused... ...that had me had me going. They were projecting 20,000... ...but they ran out of one-day badges... ...and were handing out wristbands. They were yeah, proje- I, I don't get
3: that. And there was no way that 20,000 people... ...would have fit in the area that they had allotted for them.
1: Mm-hmm. Again, they were projecting 20,000... ...but sold 1,000 but they had no press media badges. So me and Marco were walking around with panelist badges.
2: I can't imagine how it would feel for one of those panelists to host their panel. They got everything set up the way they wanted to. They think it's going to be amazing, and then fucking nobody shows up.
3: Yeah, I mean, I hope the people in the dealers hall did really well. Because if they didn't, I mean, you not only screwed over yourself, but you screwed over the people that, you know, are looking to give you money to be there.
1: Now, this is one of those cons where it kind of boils down to if your friends were going and having a good time, yeah. If not, I wouldn't. Would I go next year? Maybe. Maybe. They would have to do a lot of changes. I would I would give this convention a second try. First things first, I really think that instead of it three buildings, they should be able to put it to two buildings. I mean, you... I know, Well, I mean... It, what, I'm, what I'm saying is...
3: The third building was just the theater. Yeah. And that's where all the main crap right. was happening.
1: Yeah, but no, no, no. What I'm saying is, I know a couple of cons have done this where you know, they would take one section, like, of, the, of the, like, the classrooms, like, one whole floor, and open them up, sort of, like, have, like, a dealer's hall where you go in and see what they have. Sort of like a mall of sorts. You know? So, instead
3: of having that, instead of having the one uh, building that had the dealer's hall, the dealer's hall would be in the classrooms themselves. Yeah,
1: like, one, like, second floor would have the dealer's hall, third floor, your panels, fourth floor game room. Another thing, they, it needs more banners, more signage so you know where everything is. When I go into the DAC hall, I should see a sign telling me panels are these rooms. And so forth. On each the, rooms
3: themsh- the rooms themselves should have you know, signage.
1: They did, but it, it said it, but it was a general sign. But it, yeah, it was say, like
3: a, like yeah. anime one or yeah. something like there that. That no doesn't s- tell you anything. Yeah. It should have a sign yeah. a with you know panel room one. This is what you know. This is the schedule for it.
1: And another anime
2: thing. one sounds like okay. This is where we're going to be hosting it. Showing anime
1: mm-hmm.
2: on DVD or whatever.
1: And I really think this con should be a two-day convention, three tops. I wouldn't even go to three. Mm-hmm. Um,
3: just the amount of people that came, um, I would, one, not do it on a holiday weekend because a lot of the people are driving, and that drive was a bitch. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I could have taken some of the back roads. It would have taken me twice as long to take the back roads to get from Brooklyn to Queens. But what, ha- what should have taken me, you know, 25, 30 minutes took me almost an hour because of traffic on the belt Mm -hmm. and there's always traffic on the belt holidays are even worse because it's you know every exit that's there is by the beach
1: true and i get why they do it on the holidays because yes people travel but not everybody does i mean on. I really... Because Castle Point got it right. Yes, the convention's on a college campus, but it's... I guess it's around spring break, but at the same token, yeah, it's spring break, but not everybody goes away for spring break. So. Yeah, I mean,
3: there's just a couple of things that need to be tweaked, Mm -hmm. and one, it doesn't need to be four days. Yeah, definitely. Because they, they were... By Monday, they were hurting for who was going to do what. And everything was so spaced out. They had, like, four panel rooms. And that was it. So, it was just... It was... Yeah. They put too much in. But at the same time, it was... That too much... Was just extending the convention to try and extend the convention.
1: Yeah, the Skype computer battery is starting to is start is getting pretty low, so I had to run and grab the charger. So thankfully, since the charger is connected to an extended line, which is connected to the surge, I can just drag it across the room. Bless. All right. Mm. Long story short, we will give this convention another try. But if we feel that by next year not much has changed. I really wouldn't go unless you really want to meet these um the guests that's it. you think they'll yeah.
2: get you know similar quality guests for next year? Yeah.
1: It really depends. It depends
3: on just how much money they had to fork over for this, you know with the expected of what they were going to get back from it i don't i I don't know. they might have just shot themselves in the foot this year
1: mm-hmm. So, yeah. Shall we move on?
3: Uh, yeah, because it's getting late.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think the whole the gripe aspect about the con kind of ran longer than what we expected. So, enough, yeah. yeah. Alright, so Ari, you said you wanted to take this, so... Yeah. Right ahead.
2: <clears throat> uh, let's see, Netflix... Back in February, Netflix announced that it would be developing an animated adaptation of the Castlevania video game franchise... This game is a pretty big surprise, since even though Castlevania is one of the true classics of the side-scrolling action-adventure genre, it's been years since the series was particularly relevant. <clears throat> the last two Castlevania games, Lords of Shadow, received lukewarm reception, response from critics and fans alike. Even rights owner Konami seem to have little interest in the series anymore, with its, with its most recent Castlevania undertaking being a Castlevania Pachinko game, which seems to have become the ignoble fate that it awaits once-proud Kenobi properties that have fallen from Grace. The less said about Castlevania Judgment for the Wii the better. <coughs> mm. Let's see. <laughs> when the initial word came to be held by I. D. Shankar, it was supposed to be you know the same time as James Cameron's Battle Angel Elita, Tim Burton's My The Psychic Girl, another project's based on a piece of Japanese pop culture from the late 80s, early nineties, that a foreign filmmakers, is now enamored with but will seemingly never materialize. But not only has Netflix released a Castlevania teaser, but even gives a film release date for its first season.
0: Mm.
2: Got the teaser showing, you know, old school narrow view aspect ratio being used to show the NES cartridge with the. NES with the cartridge on top of it. You label it reading Castlevania, it's obviously, you know, a Kit Bash Castlevania logo. It's not based on any particular game.
1: Actually, it is. The series is, is supposed to be based off of Castlevania 3.
2: That's, let's, let's see, um, yeah, a pixeling Netflix menu with the uh, 8-bit reps of uh, House of Cards and other programming, and the animation being credited to New York and California-based Frederator Studios, the character designs definitely have anime influences. There's a gothic touch to the artwork, the cast doesn't look particularly wife or frail, which makes sense considering how much combat this pr- teaser promotes. The male lead doesn't appear to be based on any existing characters from the games, but does seem to be a part of the Belmont line, I see him wielding the customary Vampire Killer whip, as well as throwing, the throwing knife sub-weapon. Hmm. Some of the prop manipulations are a little natural, the action sequences look dynamic and exciting, and there's plenty of blood and gore on display. <clears> That's <throat> uh, booming bass and drums in the, in the soundtrack. There's nothing wrong with it, but it kind of sounds like the sort of thing you could slip in the preview for any Hollywood blockbuster. And if you're hoping for the use of iconic Castlevania arrangements like Vampire Killer or Bloody Tears, you're out of luck. The teaser ends by revealing a Castlevania premiere on Netflix on July 7th. The first season is rumored to be a mere four episodes long with a second season already in the planning stages for 2018. So yeah. I love some of the older Castlevania games. I really got into a Portrait of Ruin when it came out. Uh, Have uh, either of you two played that one?
1: That I have not played. I mean, the last one I really played was Super Castlevania 4. Damn! Yeah. No, 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 wait. There was one for PlayStation that that I played.
2: Which one? Because there several.
1: I don't remember. I know it was like a first-person view type game. I don't remember. But it was pretty good.
2: Yeah, Portrait of Ruin took took place in the... uh... Like during World War Two, because all the people being killed throughout Europe made uh, Castlevania spontaneously reappear.
1: Mm. Well, like but, it, well, it seems it's only four episodes, so I'm kind of hoping each episode's like 45 minutes to an hour, give or take. It probably will
2: be. Yeah. And if you and if you said it's supposed to be based on, you know, the, Castlevania III: The yeah. Dracula's cur- Curse, this this may be Trevor Belmont we're looking at.
1: Pretty much. But, okay, you know, no, who
2: knows, we'll it, just have to wait wait for it to come out and see for ourselves. Yeah,
1: because, um, OLR was talking about this on Sunday, and it was brought up in conversation that it looks like this is base, it's more based off of Castlevania three. Yeah, still, I'm hyped for it. Me too, I, I can't wait. I'm excited. You just can't hide it?
3: Oh, no, no, no. Well,
1: oh, since you're so excited, tell us about Magikarp. Yeah. Um, I, I still can't believe you. I, 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 I so
3: am in love with this game that really isn't a game. Um, anyway, so last week we went through the whole Magikarp love song um, that was released in English, and it was basically for this. Uh, there is a Pokemon game that is out now uh, called Pokemon Magikarp Jump. It's free-to-play, it has in-app purchases, uh, it's out on iOS and Android, uh, and it's just absolutely freaking ridiculous. Uh, you are uh, a player raising and training Magikarp to jump as high as possible. And then you compete in various leagues, uh, having to raise IOTA's You know, you can't just raise one Magikarp. You have to keep raising various Magikarp because you get to a point where the Magikarp can't level anymore. And once that's done, the Magikarp retires. So you have to fish for a brand new Magikarp and do it all the fuck over again.
2: (laughs) No mention Um, of them evolving into Gyarados?
3: I think once you beat the game, like, that's the end. It's, you know, you've raised it so well and you've beaten everything and gotten all of this crap and it finally evolves. I think that's like the very end thing that happens in the freaking game. Um, but basically, it's, it's not even really a game. You hit a button and it does its thing. Uh, there are Pokemon that will provide food. Uh, food will help to raise the Magikarp's level. Uh, You have to train it, but again, it's not that you're actually playing anything to train. You basically hit the screen, and Magikarp trains itself. But there are a couple of various decisions that need to be made. Um, Or your Magikarp will retire early. And by that, I mean that um, a Pidgeot might steal it.
2: (laughs) And And make it into its dinner.
3: Yes, and then you're shit out of luck. Um, that happened with my very with my second Magikarp. It come up to a tree, and you know there's berries on the tree, and Magikarp can jump for the berries. Well, when Magikarp jumps jumps for the berries, a little birdie swoops down and fucking steals it, and that's it. That you, you know it's gone. The Magikarp is gone, and you have to start over. Um, there are instances where you know you can hit certain things that are shiny and if you hit the wrong one uh, your Magikarp fucking gets taken away uh, by a Rod and Reel or a Pokeball or what have you and the Magikarp is gone mm-hmm. uh, but basically there are I think eight leagues and I'm only on the third one and I've had to train four different Magikarp now and haven't even gotten halfway through the league because of the levels. So I have played, raised, and retired for Magikarp because the levels aren't high enough for the Magikarp yet. It's extremely tedious, but I am still fucking addicted as hell to this game because Magikarp. Carp, 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 carp,
1: carp. Yeah. God. Okay. Now that we got that out the way, the Skype line is open. So if you have any questions about tonight's show, give us a buzz at Anime Jam Session. If you want to ask us about BurrowCon, let us know. And while that that's up and going, strange news from Japan. Oh boy. Let's see what we got here. Okay, I'm going to have to take the first story. Okay. Get ready for this. A bear assists police in catching three violent robbers in Tojiki Prefecture. And it's not smoky, nor is it yogi. At around 2.50 p.m. on May 23rd, Three men between the ages of 18 and 22 broke into a home in Utsunomiya Tochigi. They began assaulting the two 75-year-old women residing in their ca- their injuries. When the violent invasion was finished and ran off, they took, these three men took about 6.6 million yen in jewelry from a safe. No, they took the safe with them. So... After that, the trio was found by law enforcement in a car in Nico City, about 50 mile, 50 kilometers from the scene. Tochiki police gave pursuit in a helicopter as the fugitives tried to escape along the highway. In order to shake the chopper, they ditched the car inside a tunnel on the highway and ran into the mountain forest. And that's where things went from bad to worse. As they ran into the woods. The three men came face to face with the bear. And uh, and although they were the tough stuff when it came to beating up the early women, these thugs felt outmatched by the beast and quickly turned back the way they came. However, in doing so, they came face to face with 20 officers who followed them into the forest. Now, trapped in a classic squeeze play, the trio realized that that between getting arrested and getting mauled to death wasn't much of a choice and decided to turn themselves in. Wow.
2: <sighs> you think you're having a bad day, and then you read about a guy who got, you know, chased by a bear like this.
1: Yeah, and because of the the interesting comments, I have to switch tracks now. So. Fast, count
0: down.
3: Four, three, two, one. so Why? <laughs> It was just doing its job yes. to make the police happy. Yep.
1: Because one of the first online comments was, it was a Care Bear.
2: Where's the boo track?
1: <laughs> <laughs> and as
2: you can predict, the comments are full of bear puns.
1: Yeah. We yeah, have, this is something out of a manga. I suppose it's better to go to jail than be eaten it's like a fairy tale the cops the robbers and the bear That bear deserves a medal or honey And the police should just let nature run its course So the three criminals were transferred to the custody of the Utsumimiya police where they face charges of robbery and assault Which may lead to six years in prison at least luckily for them It'll be Ursine free
2: how unbearably embarrassing for the criminals, reads one comment.
3: Ursaring <laughs> used growl. It was super effective.
2: <laughs> <sighs>
1: Unbearable.
2: <laughs> so can I take the next one? Are we getting past the bear thing?
1: I think we could bear pass it.
2: Ah...
1: Yes, We can move on.
2: A man splurges his wife's inheritance from her mother on mobile games. Japanese mobile game players are known to spend more money on in-game currency than their North American or Chinese counterparts. That's not really surprising given a lot of Japanese mobile games are really heavy on a gacha system where in-game purchases don't necessarily need a rare character or a powerful weapon every time. There are games of chance, making even the most frugal players reach for their hard-earned cash. Recently, a distraught wife in Japan sought opinion from netizens regarding her plight. Her sister and mother passed away three years ago, and a wife received a life insurance lump-sum payment of about 8 million, $8 million yen, about $72,000. Mm. Wishing to leave some money for her children, she deposited the money in the bank. The husband and wife had already saved up 4 million yen for a total of 12 million yen, about hundred and eight grand wife, that was a keep-safe look by her mother, and her husband knew about it, too. When the wife checked in the, in the account balance two and a half years later, there was nothing left.
1: Why would you wait two and a half years to check the account balance?
2: I check my account balance several times a day, and I live paycheck to fucking paycheck.
1: I check mine every other day.
2: After consulting with her husband, the truth came to light. During a time when she was still grieving the loss of her sister and her mother, her husband had been playing... It's made about 400,000 yen per month on mobile games. That's about $3,600. Pretending as if nothing was happening, to top it all off, her husband had not even apologized at all. It takes two hands to collapse, so to speak, and she also admitted that she hardly knew about her husband's in- interest in mobile games. Medicines were quick to give their opinions, so with the majority agreeing she should file for divorce. There are also some who thought the husband should cough up the dough, and ones even advised her to consult with a lawyer since it amounted to theft.
1: Mm. <sighs> well, if How? he lives on the account and he has access to it, it's not really theft.
3: Yeah, and considering some of that was supposed to, you know, was already saved to go to their kids, he's basically also stealing from his kids.
1: Mm-hmm. How can you spend so much money on...
3: I want to know what fucking mobile games he was playing.
1: Yeah. I
2: bet he spent like 10 grand on Candy Crush easily.
1: Mm, maybe.
2: Alright, so next.
1: Uh, Yeah, so
3: a man was arrested for threatening to kill schoolgirls who wear socks. About a year ago, a man called several high schools, uh, advising them it'd be a, it'd be good if high school girls had bare feet as part of their uniforms. According to police, the caller was allegedly um, Kentaro Shirakawa, who now faces charges of interfering with school business. Apparently, after making his suggestion, he grew increasingly upset with the schools for not changing their dress code to his preference so he allegedly called one particular school and said, if I see any student wearing socks past the ankle, I'll kill them. Got it? Of course, with threats of this nature, the school went on alert and notified police, who managed to track down the 48-year-old, who reportedly confessed to the crime, saying, I wanted to bring back schoolgirls with bare feet. Those online struggled to grasp both the man's crime and the reason for committing it. Um, Wait, when did schoolgirls ever have bare feet? Um, If the guy is 48, then all the girls would have been into those big puffy socks when he was in high school. Uh, First he said barefoot, then he said socks up to the ankle, then he said barefoot again. What the hell? Uh, That's one heck of a pervert. Just to check, uh, the person that wrote this article asked a woman in her 60s if she'd ever heard of teenager gr- uh, teenage girls not wearing socks to school, and with a look of deep concern, she simply told him no never. Different regions may vary, but it still seems unlikely that the guy is even one of those hipster throwbacks who are into stuff before their time, like jazz, or those bicycle- bicycles with only one real big wheel. Nevertheless... Nice yeah, nevertheless, the question still remains whether this guy is a militant foot fetish or an extremely Cremagen officer of the fashion police, but that will be up to the team of mental health professionals to determine. And hopefully they're coming to take him away.
1: Haha. Well,
3: now. I mean, I know some people that are really big into the foot fetish thing, but. Uh, threatening to kill somebody if they're wearing socks, that's a bit much.
1: Uh-huh. <sighs> that's why I gotta say this. <sighs> yeah. I think we need to go ahead and take a break and wrap up and get the hell out of here. Yeah, I, I think that that last one did me in. Yep. God damn it, Mako-chan.
3: You're welcome.
1: Uh, we'll be back. We still have to fix the timing on that one or do something, so yeah. That is it, we are getting out of here. Uh, thank you for listening, thank you for supporting us. If you have any questions about tonight's show, just grab us, just buzz us at uh, podcast at jam session.com. We want to know what's up, we're here to believe you. Check out our website at animejam session.com where we post our convention reports, links to our Cosplay and convention videos, our photos, editorials, all that cool stuff. Um, expect a link going up this week where you can check out our Capsule photos from Wild Spice. Uh, I saw some of them, they're pretty awesome, so definitely you want to check them out. And uh, don't forget, we post our podcast on Fridays, but it may be Thursdays or Wednesdays, we will see. Doing bit of some changes behind the scenes, kind of make it a little bit easier for people to check out the show. Check, and in the meantime, you can check out our website on Podcast Alley, iTunes, Stitcher, Miro, Double Twist, Blueberry Groove, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and the Vogue Network forums. Um, if you if you check out our show on any of those sites, we want to know what you think. Five star reviews are pretty cool if you like. Thank you if you're being generous. Um, and, and on the Vogue Network forums, uh, our episodes are posted every week, so definitely swing by and check them out youtube.com uh, slash anime session tv where we post all of our anime convention videos definitely swing by and check them out um, twitter twitter.com slash anime jam session where we post um, information in regards to this site um, when we're going live uh, conventions we're going to link back to our facebook and our website so definitely follow us there and facebook facebook.com slash anime jam session where we post everything so you can check it out on our Facebook, our Twitter, and our and our website at, at AnimatedJamSession.com. So definitely swing by and check those out. And I just want to say to everybody on our social media pages, thank you so much for listening and supporting us. As long as you continue to like, listen, and support our, us, we will bring you more content. And as always, we are here on the VOG Network twice a week. We are here live um, Tuesday nights at 9.30 p.m. Eastern. Encore presentations Thursdays at 2 p.m. Eastern. But we're not the only geek-centric podcast on the VOD network, so you definitely want to check out these other shows, such as the Star Wars Power Coupling podcast, the Geek Card, the Bobby Blackwell Show, Orange Knowledge Radio, Critical Myth, British Invaders, Pod Culture, Electric Sisterhood, Girls Gone Wow, Ranger Pride, Game Buoy, and a new show to the network, Hooked on Bond. So now we're gonna go around the room. Last words, Mako Chan.
3: Uh, I need to go to bed
1: Agreed Last words, Ari
2: Uh, I need to go to bed too Also, I'm going to a Phillies game this Sunday It's the first time I'll ever Actually attend a Phillies home game in their new stadium Cool
1: Nice My last words, yeah, I think I'm going to watch a couple more episodes Of Chicago PD and probably call it a night Addict It's good I, w- I was really surprised by how good it is. So, yeah. I'm marathoning the fuck out of it. <laughs> so, that is it. End of list. We are getting out of here. So, I'm Ranma. I'm Ari. And I'm Mako-chan. Great fight. Great night. See you next week. Good night, everybody. night. Say good night, Mako-chan. Good night, Mako-chan. <sighs> All right. Good night, y'all.